And we have joining us here for the news briefing, Sami Sorang. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We are going to begin with COVID-19. As we will see outside of Korea, it is certainly a very tenuous situation, but there are Mm -hmm. some lingering concerns here in the country as well. What are the latest numbers? Well, the KDCA reported 125 new cases yesterday, raising the country's accumulated total to 27,050. Now, of the new cases, 108 were local infections, while 17 were imported. Now, in terms of the major cluster infections, a reporter who attended Samsung Ikoni's uh, funeral, that, that person was confirmed coronavirus positive and later went on to cause seven more infections through that person's workplace. Also, a stock trading company in Yongdungpogo also reported a total of 11 confirmed cases through further infections. And in South Chungcheong province, 20 people were added to a cluster at a call center in Cheonan, and a 10-person cluster has been identified in relation to a wedding in Asan. Now, as a result, Chungnam raised the social distancing level in those two cities, Cheonan and Asan, to level 1.5 as of 6 p.m. yesterday, and this elevated level will stay in place until further notice. So this level 1.5, it means that about two dozen or so Uh, categories of businesses such as karaoke, restaurants, cafes, wedding halls, funeral halls, theatres and so on, they will all have to limit their number of visitors to one person per four square metres. And that really is the first test case of, uh, as we had rolled out uh, in the beginning of this week, this new policy of uh, extending the phases of social distancing from three to five levels, including Mm -hmm. 1.5 and 2.5 increments. Uh, That was the big headline out of that. But the other aspect of it was that uh, the central government is allowing a bit more autonomy to Mm. these local provincial areas to actually make the determination themselves because they know the situation on the ground better that, uh, Mm -hmm. well, uh, we are in a more serious state. So we're going to have to up our level too. And in this case, uh, in Chungnam 1.5, where the rest of the country largely still at one. Um, So that's going to be continuously a pattern we'll see. But uh, I think over the weekend, there's going to be a determination uh, whether to uh, overall raise it. Some people saying perhaps Mm. a level two uh, might be in the offing, uh, depending on these numbers. We're kind of stubbornly staying around 100 or so. We Mm -hmm. dip a little above, we dip a little below. And that's been Uh, A bit worrisome that we seem to not be able to get to that uh, 50 or under threshold Mm -hmm. that the government really likes to keep the numbers at. That being said, and I think we keep uh, repeating this ad nauseum, it's all relative. And uh, Mm -hmm. certainly there are legitimate concerns in Korea, but uh, they are being dwarfed by uh, the numbers overseas, particularly in Europe and especially in the U.S. right now, where if you said that they had total cases of 125, I think the country would be completely ecstatic because be we're talking over the about moon. one neighborhood mm-hmm. in, in, in yeah. the U.S. probably would have that number. The U.S. setting yet another record of daily new infections, 100,000 new cases in a single day. Yes, so the country reported 104,004 new infections on Wednesday. with a record number of COVID-19 hospitalizations being reported in 18 states. More than 1,110 fatalities were tallied in that single day, pushing the country's death toll reported since February to more than 233,000. Well, a lot of people wonder uh, what were motivating the voters as they were heading into the polls and whether uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic uh, would be the top issue. That's what a lot of uh, analysts had expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, That remains to be seen because it is quite apparently uh, 
true that there's been some gaslighting going on where if you fervently uh, trust one candidate, namely uh, Trump, and if that candidate or incumbent keeps saying that COVID-19 is not really a big deal, that Mm. it's a hoax, then you could have a very sizable percentage of the population really not even feel that this is a problem or even should be a priority. Um, We are seeing the numbers bear out uh, towards that end. Uh, The election is still not over in the Mm -hmm. sense that the votes have not all been counted. The uh, legitimate votes that were cast before or on election day, those have not all been counted. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we do not have final certification of the results in various states. However, the math does look promising for Joe Biden as it stands right now. He's getting very close to the 270 electoral vote. Threshold, uh, we're keeping an eye on outlets like CNN, and it looks like he's getting very close in places like Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and even in a state like Georgia, which would be an upset. And it does appear that uh, Biden himself recognizes this. He's uh, expressed confidence that the results will go his way. And he's even set up a transition website. Right. It really demonstrates his confidence in winning this race. So this site... uh The web address is buildbackbetter.com, and it also has the option of being read in Spanish. So when you go to this website, it currently opens up with a banner that asks for people's donations to protect the election from President Donald Trump. And it also lists what Joe Biden seeks to do for America as president. It also has a banner that reads, keep the faith when all of the votes are counted. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. As you mentioned, Henry, the counting is not over yet, but Joe Biden has already won more overall votes than any presidential candidate in U.S. history. At last count, according to AP, Biden picked up more than 72 million votes, breaking Obama's 2008 count of 69.5 million votes. Having said that, Trump is also on track to break the record. He's collected around 68.9 million votes so far. Mm. And with several million votes left still to be counted, it's likely that Trump will also break Obama's uh, 69.5 million record. Right. And so uh, people who are critics of Trump, uh, the the sort of, uh, I I guess, what they are bemoaning is this idea that uh, this is a president who, uh, under his watch, his mishandling of the pandemic resulted in uh, close to now 250,000 deaths, Mm -hmm. uh, the racist rhetoric, locking up kids at the border, uh, all of these things and alleged scandals uh, were close to 70 million people, almost half the population say, yeah, I'd like four more years of that. But it's a democracy and that's Mm -hmm. what happens and uh, people vote for their preference, which is key. You still have to count the votes because you are a democracy and Mm -hmm. whoever gets the most votes wins the election. That's just the uh, basic simple concept of it. However, Trump is charging ahead with these legal battles, uh, these uh, statements to the media that uh, basically are trying to subvert the process in the way that they're saying you can't keep counting these legal votes. And he's somewhat declared that the entire voting system is damaged or flawed. Mm -hmm, Right. So in a tweet, Trump said that his lawyers had asked for, quote, meaningful access, but questioned what good that would do since damage has already been done to the integrity of, quote, our system and to the presidential election itself. Now, in order to forestall the loss, possibly. The campaign filed a lawsuit in Michigan, Pennsylvania and Georgia to either halt the vote count or to press for closer scrutiny or once again, quote, meaningful access to observe the counting process. 
However, the lawsuits in all three states were dismissed on Thursday by their respective state courts. Right. So halting the vote count is one thing. That's a no-brainer. But the other thing about the uh, observer access is typically in most of these states, although the states have different policies, is uh, you cannot have partisan observers at the polls because, again, there there are fears of intimidation or Mm -hmm. or the poll workers might be feeling a little bit trepidatious if there is going to constantly be someone kind of breathing down their neck here. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you... You know, the analogy to poker, if you see two opponents and you kind of get a sense of who's holding the better hand or Mm -hmm. who has a better card and the tells here uh, with Trump demanding that vote counts be stopped in various states, but at the same time um, also demanding that uh, the votes be continued in states like Arizona, where there seems to be a chance that if the vote continues there, he might have a shot at catching up and winning that state. Uh, First of all, I guess if you're going to gaslight and and try to subvert the democratic process, you got to be consistent on that way. <laughs> But what Biden has been saying is, even in Arizona or mm-hmm. Pennsylvania or Georgia, if whatever the results go, he might end up losing Arizona, although mm-hmm. that's still um, in question. But He's saying, let's count all the votes, regardless of what happens. Yeah. I might lose some of these states uh, going forward, but we have to count all the votes. And so uh, one is seemingly projecting some confidence. The other isn't. And uh, so we don't have that official announcement yet. And if that does occur during the live broadcast, we'll try to uh, bring that news to our listeners. However, as you were saying, um, this uh, confidence uh, where they set up their own website, an- another clue or another tell is that Uh, Secret Service has apparently set up uh, restricted fly zones in the Delaware area around uh, Joe Biden's house, which also is indicating that the Secret Service themselves now view that uh, Mm. this could be the next commander in chief. And so they have to set up protective uh, protocols there as well. Uh, How is the rest of the world uh, reacting to it? Well, if you uh, look at the stock markets as an indicator, at least in Asia, they are pretty bullish of Biden being the next president. Yeah, so the Asian stocks and currencies have all been climbing because Biden is inching closer to the White House. For example, in Korea, the Kospi in Seoul was up 2.4% to 2,414, breaking that 2,400 barrier for the first time in three weeks. Meanwhile, Shanghai Composite Index rose 1.3%. The Nikkei 225 in Tokyo rose by 1.73% and the Hong Kong's uh, Hang Seng by 3.25%. And that is uh, the uh, status right now as to the U.S. presidential election and who is going to be uh, the new president. Here in Korea, we still have an incumbent president. We don't have a presidential election. However, some uh, speculation that there could be a future presidential candidate in the form of the uh, current prosecutor general, Mm -hmm. Yoon Seok-yeol, who has been somewhat of a thorn in the side of the ruling party as well as the government in their uh, prosecutorial reform efforts. This time around now, the ruling Democratic Party has raised the issue of Yoon Seok-yeol's so-called special operation expenses, 특수활동비, and Mm -hmm. suggesting that some of that might be used not just for um, his official duties as prosecutor general, but maybe even for some private political benefits. Right, so these questions, they were raised by several DP lawmakers, uh, and they addressed such suggestions or questions to the Justice Minister, Chu Mie, at the National Assembly Legislation and Judiciary Committee meeting yesterday. So DP lawmaker Soo Byung-chul, he said that there were voices of concern from both within and outside the prosecution that Yoon Seok-yeol is assigning special operation expenses rather arbitrarily. Another DP lawmaker, Kim Jong-min, 
He added that there were talks of Yoon Seok-yeol running for presidency and that around 8.4 billion won worth of receipts for special operation expenses have been filed. Kim questioned, can anyone say with certainty that some of that 8.4 billion won were not related to Yoon's political motives? To that, Kim Yong-min joined in, saying that, for example, Yoon Seok-yeol might meet someone from the press, wine and dine them, and say, you know, please write some good articles in for me. Hmm. Two such suggestions, Justice Minister Chumye said they were rather valid arguments, and that there is a loophole in place that allows the Prosecutor General to use the special operation expenses as his own pocket money. Chu added that such old practices only remain in the Supreme Prosecutor's office. Yeah, and so she's also highlighted and been critical of this uh, recent raid on the uh, uh, the Korean nuclear uh, office's facilities overseeing those operations because that is uh, deemed also to be a politically uh, charged um, prosecutorial raid because of the criticisms with the uh, so-called uh, auditing or the accounting uh, investigations which uh, led to the shutdown of the, uh, the one reactor, which mm-hmm. people say is actually more a part of uh, Moon's anti-nuclear power strategy uh, rather than something based on uh, sound principles. So uh, that battle between uh, Chumye, the justice minister, and Yoon Seo-gyo continues uh, in the larger backdrop being whether uh, there can be a reform of the prosecution, not just with the way the prosecutor general has these perks like the uh, over 8 billion won uh, personal fund that he can use uh, any way he wants, but also with the way the prosecution selectively chooses to um, pursue investigations and indict certain suspects uh, according to their uh, political benefit. And one key case that has always been pointed out as to sort of being the bellwether as to why uh, reform is needed is the prosecution and, according to the supporters, the persecution of the mm. former Justice Minister uh, Cho Guk's wife, uh, Cheong Kyung-shim. The, the prosecution yesterday uh, asking for a seven-year prison term for Professor Chung. That's right. So seven years plus a fine of 900 million won for academic fraud for her child and illegal investments in a private equity fund. The Seoul Central District Court held the final hearing in the trial of Chung Kyung-shim, a Dongyang University professor who's been indicted on 14 charges, including falsifying official documents, obstructing business, embezzlement and withholding evidence. More specifically, Chung is alleged to have colluded with an unknown person, forged various documents between 2013 and 2014 to help her daughter get admitted to medical school. She's also charged with investing her husband's family assets in a private equity fund under a false name to bypass the Code of Ethics for public officials and siphoning off money from a company that the fund had invested in. The prosecutors call the case an example of, quote, passing on academic privilege and wealth and also a case of a double standard where Cho used to call on the country's establishment to abide by law while he and his own family failed up to live up to those words. As for Chong, the 58-year-old professor has been denying all allegations against her ever since they first emerged during the parliamentary confirmation process for Chuguk as the justice minister in September of last year. Chuguk, as a result of the prosecutorial probe, he stepped down after just 35 days in office.
Now, the date for sentencing is still yet to be decided. Right, and whenever the issue of Cho Guk and, and his wife is brought up, inevitably, and even we on this program get these angry attacks because it is such a polarizing issue, and, and uh, people have certainly a firm opinions on this. But just the perspective, seven years for this uh, allegation of the uh, certificate uh, um, and the, the fraudulent or, or the forging of it, uh, whether that's true or not still remains to be seen. But uh, we've had um, perpetrators of sexual assault receive lighter De- mm. um, jail sentences mm-hmm. for uh, crimes, and we know that uh, there had been a lot of resources poured in by the prosecution uh, to affect this case, even to the scale of the uh, Tresun Shil uh, scandal uh, back during the Pakani days. And so there is a, a bit of asymmetrical warfare going on there. Uh, let, let's turn to some other uh, big policy moves now. The ruling Democratic Party, and this certainly has an eye on politics, especially here in the uh, Seoul area, they have launched a new housing team yesterday, and they're trying to prepare for a fundamental change in approaching housing policy. That's right. Now, this uh, housing policy team, it doesn't have an official English name yet, uh, but it can be roughly translated or directly translated to Future Housing Promotion Team. And this team has been established to better carry out DPK's uh, housing plan, which is currently twofold. The first is to create a view that residential real estate is not a subject of investment or transaction, but an object of residential welfare. Mm. And the second is to resolve that immediate monthly rent or chonse uh, and rather chonse problem. So DP Chief Inagyeon, he had asked the housing team to assess and consider the establishment of a housing and regional development ministry as well. According to Inagyeon, there has been continued calls to establish a single ministry dedicated to these two matters to better streamline policy development. Now, in terms of who's in the housing team, former Gender Equality and Family Minister and also the current chair of the National Assembly's Land, Infrastructure and Transport Committee, Jin Son Mi, she's been nominated as the team head. Jin is said to have emphasized the need to involve more female and more younger members in the team and thereby had delayed the team launch by around 10 days. Aside from Jin Son Mi, nine incumbent lawmakers and Supreme Council member Park Song Min, they are also on this team. Meanwhile, DP Secretary-General Park Kwang-won uh, proposed an amendment to the Housing Lease Protection Act, known as Chonse 3+3. Now, the aim of this 3+3 amendment is to increase both the basic Chonse period and the afterward contract renewal period from the current two and two years to three and three years. The argument being that many parents move houses for their children's schooling, and since Korea's education system is based on a 6-3-3 year system, 6-year elementary, 3-year middle school, 3-year high school system, it makes sense to match the Chonsei periods accordingly. Right. And it also makes sense because uh, there is a by-election here for the uh, Seoul mayoral spot uh, next year in April. Uh, and real estate is really the one issue that uh, some people feel could be uh, a decisive factor as to uh, voters' preference in the race. So it does look like that's uh, part of the calculations there. One more story to go. The finance minister, Hong Nam-gi, reaffirming that the new taxation system on financial investment earnings will indeed go ahead as planned. That's right. He said this during yesterday's comprehensive Q&A session with the National Assembly's Special Committee on Budget and Accounts. Through the last amendment to the tax law, the government announced that from 2023, it will tax income generated from all financial investment products such as stocks, funds and bonds under the single umbrella of financial investment income.
Now, there had been concerns that since Hong Nam-gi, he recently backed down from lowering that threshold for who's considered a big-time mm. stock investor, that he would also back down from this financial investment income tax proposal as well. But Hong Nam-gi said, basically, don't worry, the introduction of the financial investment income tax system will go ahead as planned for 2023 and that the government will closely coordinate with the National Assembly to make it happen. Right. Uh, and again, a challenging week for Hong Nam-gi. He had to be put in quarantine because he went to go visit Lee Gan-hee. He uh, offered his resignation because of uh, some of the uh, disagreements over these kind of policies. But uh, sticking to his guns here as far as the financial investment earnings umbrella, although he did uh, accede to the ruling party with that threshold mm-hmm. of uh, 1 billion won versus 300 million won for uh, taxation, uh, which... Good news for people like yourselves who regularly trade in the 300 to uh, 1 billion won <laughs> range. So uh, it's a bit of a give and take as always, uh, even if you are on the same side, nominally speaking, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, policies, especially when it comes to things like tax. All right. Uh, we are going to leave it there as always. Uh, we have to appreciate uh, Natasha Misorang for all of the uh, hard work uh, throughout the week. Thank you very much. Hope you have a good weekend and uh, we will see you again next week. Thank you for having me, Henry.